0: Hey, my friends, welcome to another episode of Third Eye Awakening. Oh, today I have such a good episode for you. This is a conversation that I shared with two sisters, Megan and Nicole, who I had never previously met. Like, that was our first time meeting each other at all. And I just remember being like, I could talk to these women forever. We had so much in common, but also they just had so many really rich and profound things to share. The conversation was incredible and we went like well over time in this in this episode beyond what we had scheduled for the conversation. And it was because there was just so much goodness coming through that it was like, I, was, I just kept kind of like trying to let it run another 10 minutes, another 10 minutes, another 10 minutes until I really had to go pick up my kids from school. And happily, they have invited me to be on their podcast. So that conversation is happening next week. And I'm really excited about that. I know that you're going to love this episode, or I trust that you will anyway, because as I said, like they had some really, really intense experiences and they have come through on the other side. Um, to share, you know, the wisdom that they acquired as they navigated those things. But before we get into it, I just want to say a few things. So first off, I'm super celebrating everybody who decided to jump in to the new, oh my gosh, the New Earth Light Codes of Money and Wealth, which is my new money course, and the Akashic Records Training and Certification Program which is my Akashic Records training and certification program um, on pre-sale and pre-sale was the best price that it'll will ever be because I didn't even have, I didn't even have like the majority of the information through yet. And some very clever, brave people decided to hop in. They were like, hell yes, I'm ready. And they went for it and I'm super celebrating them. If you missed the boat on that, but you still want to get in, guess what? You still can and you still can get it on discount because this week we're in early bird, which just means that I have more of my shit together in the sense that like I have all of the modules created, all of the content created for both programs. I have um, the dates tentatively selected for both programs And yet what I don't have is the graphics created and, you know, there's still some stuff that I have to do before I can launch it with like a beautiful, you know, looking impressive on the internet, whatever. And as such, I'm still offering it at a discounted rate. So the New Earth Light Codes of Money is currently available for 25% off for the rest of this week before it goes up to full price. And the Akashic Records Training and Certification Program is available for 50% off before it goes up to full price. So get in on it. I just want to tell you a little bit about both of them. And I'll say this too, just as a reminder, if you want in for the Akashic Records Training and Certification, then you automatically get the New Earth Light Codes of Money. So there you go. Um... The New Earth Light Codes of Money and Wealth is new information that has channeled through to me. I guess it really started coming through, as always, it started coming through last year, but I was kind of like, what? Like, I didn't get it. I didn't really start getting it until around March this year, and then I really started getting it in April and was like, holy crap, I I have to talk about this. It is... Not like any other money program that I have ever seen or anybody's money wisdom. Have you guys had this experience where, like, you've, like, maybe you've bought some books? I remember buying a book that came recommended to me. It was called, I don't know, like, The Millennial Guide to Financial Freedom, I think is what it was called. And I listened to it on audiobook and I was like, this is awful. It's just a dead energy. It's it's just old paradigm, middle-class thinking shit that gives people a very constricted sense of what's possible. It, I don't know. Like, I used to listen to money things and just be like, shoot me now. It feels so boring. It feels so limited. As a starseed and a galactic, I always struggled with money up until really like I think 2019 was when I really started turning my money situation around. 2015 was the first year I recall actually investing in a course around money to start doing the work and then you know I did it in the background like 2016, 2017, 2018 but 2019 was when I really really started to get serious about it and also started unsurprisingly started to see a difference in my life. Um, but in my whole life, money was very confusing to me. I didn't get it. It felt like a foreign language that, you know, there was no dictionary for. And if I tried to read the dictionary or like, you know, if I tried to read other people's explanations of how money works, it, I just... It felt like dead boring energy. I, I don't know, like I'm sure a bunch of you can relate. It was this feeling right from being a kid, from being a kid and then even like in my teens and definitely in my adulthood, my 20s and most of my 30s. Honestly, I was a financial disaster. I couldn't keep money. I could barely earn money. I was going deeper and deeper into debt all the time. Didn't matter how many budgets I tried to create. I just couldn't operate within the budget. Like I just could not seem to function in the way that, you know, air quotes, normal people can function. And I was so hard on myself because of it. I had so much shame, like thinking like, Amy, what is fucking wrong with you? Like, why are you Swiss cheese for money? It comes in and it just pisses away instantly. It was, it was really hard, but it, I always felt like a star seed. I didn't have the vocabulary for it at the time. And I didn't necessarily think to myself like, Oh, I'm from a different star system, but I didn't feel like I fit in here. And money was one of the ways that I didn't feel like I fit in. And so the new earth light codes of money is definitely not any of your run of the mill, boring ass, traditional old paradigm money shit because that never actually worked for me. What worked for me was tuning into the Akashic Records and starting to channel information about what money actually really and truly is and then starting to channel um, like different processes to apply to change my money situation and boy, has it ever changed my money situation. I no longer leak money like I'm made of, you know, holes. I'm able to hold more, hold more in my field. I'm always learning. Like I am not, I'm not there. I'm not a millionaire. Like, you know, I don't have millionaire net worth or anything like that. So I'm not gonna pretend that I do. And I'm still constantly applying new levels of these codes and this information to improve my situation. But my situation has improved drastically, drastically. And I really wanna share this information with you. If you have tried things before and you've just been like, felt the same as me, like, oh my God, just shoot me now. Like, if this is what it means to work with money, I'd just rather be poor because it's so stifling and so dry and boring and just like, oh, it just feels like heavy, old dead energy that you have to drag behind you and you want to be in a space of where it's like, it's light, it's transformative, it's fast, it's exciting, that space exists with money. The fact that you want it is an indication that it is an actual possibility. So the new earth light codes, money, wealth is a whole bunch of that kind of stuff channeled directly from the Akashic records, totally life-changing stuff for me. If you want in on it, then join this week on Early Bird or wait until next week and join at the full price. Either way, I just want to have you in there. I want to impart this information on you. And then the Akashic Records Training and Certification Program is what it sounds like. It is a training and certification program to guide you on how to use the Akashic Records in a professional capacity, in doing readings for others or incorporating it. I mean, there are many ways that we can incorporate the Akashic Records. The most obvious way that we think of is like this: a standard reading, right? But there are so many different ways to use the Akashic Records. But there are certain things, regardless of how we use them, if we're using them for other people, there are certain things that we need to become good at. We need the opportunity to practice. Like there are so many different nuances that I kind of learned on my own along the way. So it is possible to learn it on your own along the way. But also, why wouldn't you want to super speed, supercharge it so that you just get to learn that stuff pretty quick and like build your foundation from there? So there's two levels. The first level is the foundations. It's four months long. It's all of the, um, like the theory and the practice. So I'll just talk about the Akashic records, different aspects of it uh, when it comes to reading for other people or using them in service to other people. And then we will practice it together so that On the other side of this journey, you feel very confident in your skills. You're not sitting there being like, oh my God, am I just making this all up? You feel like, no, what I'm bringing through is good information. And that's that's so necessary if we're going to do this for other people. And then the next eight weeks of this four-month program, so the the second two-month chunk, is going to be about... Setting up your business, all the practicalities, all the mindset work, like everything to be able to do it in the most simple and efficient and clean way possible without getting hung up on all the unnecessary things that we think that we have to do to start a business, which I didn't do. So they are not necessary at all. But also some of the things that I didn't do that I kind of wish that I had done I just would love to share with you everything that I've learned, because as i said before, we need more Akashic Records readers than ever right now. So if this is calling you, this is really the best time to step in. And then there's also um, a level two option, which is eight months long. And we go deeper into all the really cool things that I have learned to do in the Akashic records, like working with the DNA, timeline creation and encoding, working within the hologram, um, holographic matrix repatterning, all kinds of really cool things, more theory, more practice and more business support. So the links are in the show notes. They're also in my Instagram bio. They're also in, if you're a member of soul space, I'm posting them everywhere in SoulSpace, Space, so come check it out. Get in on pre-sale or wait and get in on the full price. That's fine with me too. Either way, if this is calling you, just get in. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for bearing with me through this long ramble. I love you so much, and I hope you enjoy this awesome conversation between myself and Megan and Nicole. Hey, beautiful listeners. Welcome to another episode of Third Eye Awakening. I... I'm very excited. I have two guests today, which is um, not the norm for me, as you all know. And I can tell already by the pre-recorded conversation that this is going to be a real banger. We're going to go to very, very interesting places. So I'm so pumped to invite and welcome um, Nicole and Megan of Synchronicity. So Synchronicity was founded in 2021 by Nicole and Megan, who are two sisters um, through self-reflection, synchronicities, and mystical experiences, uh, these sisters were drawn to seeking out and utilizing plant medicine to support the impacts from generational and current life trauma and societal programming. And their experiences and breakthroughs with the plant medicines resulted in the establishment of a microdosing mentorship where they could help and support others. So that I feel like just based on the pre-recorded conversation we've had, that is like scraping the barest millimeter of the iceberg <laughs> of the tip of the iceberg. I think there's probably so much more to what you both do. And I'm so excited to get into it. Thank you, Megan and Nicole, for being here.
1: Thank you for having us. We're really excited to be here. And yes, the pre the pre-conversation was already taking off. So this is going to be a unbelievable conversation. Yes. I'm very excited to be here.
0: Well, let's get right into it. I, so this is exciting for me too, because this is our very first time talking or meeting. So I have no, you know, apart from the little blurb that your PR person sent over, I actually have no idea what your backstories are. So I feel like I'm just going to be sitting here eating my popcorn and just listening to the wild ride that I'm certain must have ensued to bring you to this place where you're guiding people to basically, I word it as, emancipate themselves from the false matrix through microdosing and plant medicine, as well as I'm sure a whole bunch of other things woven in there too. So take it away.
1: Tell yes, us. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, no, it's been a wild ride. Um, and I believe that the ride really happened at birth. I think that we, uh, and, and we're going to go full, no disclosure or um, undisclosed, no, no disclosure. I don't know on this one. Cause Usually we tell like a very blanketed story, but this one, um, I believe that we plan our lives. So I'm also an astrologer. So I look at, I can even progress charts or regress charts into past lives, which is really wild. So I believe that we plan our lives as souls. And, uh, we've had psychics actually tell us that Nicole was supposed to be an only child. And then she got into this, whatever this world is contract and was like, Oh, heck no. Like this is, I need help. And actually, uh, called my soul in for like reinforcement, which thank you for doing that. Yes. Uh, so here we are. So it started in childhood and our dad was an alcoholic. Our mother was a child of an alcoholic, um, you know, she had a lot of abuse, my dad and ensued a lot of abuse. And I believe that trauma and even science is finding now lives in the DNA. So Nicole and I kind of came into the world with parents that had no idea how to be parents. And they really, they loved children and they wanted to do better than their parents, but inevitably ended up collapsing into becoming their parents. And so you know, we had an alcoholic father and then our mom's mom actually died very horrifically of cancer. And my dad had asked her for divorce at the same time. And we had been down in Mexico and she actually had a psychotic break and I was seven and you were 10 and I'm talking like 120. Our mom is skinny, little tiny, little thing. She also had an eating disorder. So little, little, little picks up, you know, a huge ass TV and throws it across the room. I'm talking like, if you watch like the exorcist or something, like that's the kind of stuff that was going on in our hotel room. She was talking about interdimensional things that I know now, but as a kid, I was like, I don't, my mom's talking about disappearing and there being like spirits and all sorts of stuff. We come from a Catholic background, which, you know, they talk about exorcisms and stuff in Catholic, but as a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old, we're just like, what is happening? She thought she could fly. There was all of these things going on, uh, even sedating her wasn't working, but Anyway, so they finally got, they actually had to lock her up and I don't really know fully what happened because my parents actually don't like talking about it. My mom doesn't remember, but to get her back in the United States, they had to put her in a straitjacket and to like put her in a plane and have a nurse fly with her. And she was actually in a psych ward for a uh, little over a year of Nicole and I's lives as children. And our dad had to be responsible for the first time. And as an alcoholic, that didn't really go well. Uh, so there was just a lot of Nicole and I basically raised ourselves, um, from that point on, you know, of course we, they paid for a house and this and that, and they did end up getting a divorce a couple of years later after my mom had gotten shock therapy and come back to us. But, um, our family was never the same, nor was our psyche ever the same, because how do you explain something like that? And our mom comes back after shock therapy. She's totally normal. They cannot explain what happened. Uh, You can't explain that unless you believe in something more than yourself and you start to really understand that there are intimate dimensional things and that we are spirits just having um, a soul experience. And then of course, our teenage years and everything were kind of wild, Um, partying this and that, of course, we were rebellious, didn't really listen to our parents. Uh, And then fast forward to about I was what 21. I went to yoga teacher training. Uh, I went to Bikram yoga teacher training, and it for nine weeks. I realized that everything I had been taught is BS. You know that the the mind will go much further, or the body will go much further than the mind. It's the mind that's weak. I'd never really understood that. I'd never understood that you really don't have to eat meal three meals a day and the food pyramids bowl. and shit, and all of the things that I had been taught. It started to break down my idea of what had to be done in order to survive, uh, you know, staying up all night doing yoga that much, you know, you're, you're, it's crazy how your psyche can shift. And then came out of yoga teacher training actually really started to have a relationship with myself and realize the flaws that I had and that you can actually change. Cause when you try to teach anything, your flaws start to be apparent. And I always say that my students have taught me far more than I've ever taught them especially as a yoga teacher. And I started to see what being a daughter of an alcoholic was. And it was a crazy, crazy story of being an Al-Anon and this and that. Uh, And then our dad actually ended up getting sober. When we started to get help, he actually ended up admitting he was an alcoholic and getting sober. Um, Now that was pretty wild because Actually, you should interject here because you were actually here for that.
1: Yeah. So we were in. We were actually on a family reunion cruise in a lot like an Alaskan cruise, and we had spent one day in Ontario. Where were we in? Where we, some part? Vancouver. We we're in Vancouver, Canada, and um, we were at this like coffee shop, and we told my dad, like, "Hey, we're you know we're getting help. Like, we are we're fucked up. Like, we 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 have perfectionism addiction. We have." Um, addiction in regards to like eating disorders, perfectionism, you name it, we had it. And um, he was kind of like, I remember him getting kind of teary eyed and was just like, oh, wow. Like this is, this is like real because no one had actually ever talked about it in our family. Like they had all gone to AA and they all like talked about being sober and like things like that, but it never was actually, I think for him, like having his daughters, like sitting there saying like, Hey, we have problems. Like these are now being looked at. Um, and so we came back from that cruise and it was a couple, I want to say like that was in July two, it was about actually like six weeks later. Um, he had called me and he said, Hey, I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to get sober. I'm going to go to AA. I'm going to figure this out. And I remember like, I was driving when he called me and I like pulled over and he was like, you know, this is, this is my action plan and this and that. Well, of course, like it didn't go as planned because nothing goes as planned, Um, and he actually had his own journey. I mean, he ended up, he ended up hospitalized. He went through a very traumatic experience, getting sober and, um, it, it killed him and he actually had to be shocked back. And it was a full thing. Tell about in the hospital when he was like speaking German and stuff. So, I um so the night that everything went happened I I remember I was like getting ready for bed and he kept calling me he called me like three or four times on the phone and I was like what is this number and I like picked it up and it was like hey hey Nicole this is your dad hey it's dad and I'm like hi like where are you what the where are you he's like I'm in the hospital so you have to come get me um and I'm like all right this is weird like this is very odd behavior um, and so I got a hold of my stepmom and she was like, "Well, I think he had a stroke, this and that. So I had done to the, the hospital and I get there. and at the time, um I had made a, a very brash decision to turn my hair dark, very dark. And so he didn't recognize me when I got to the hospital. And he started speaking in German, and I was like, Dude. And and mind you, he's on the hot, I mean, he's in a hospital bed. They've got him hooked up to all of these things. He's ripping IVs out. He's like speaking to me in German. Everyone is asking me like, do you know how to speak German? I'm like, I have no idea what is happening. You know, uh, he was completely had, he had completely flipped into his subconscious mind. He was completely working from his subconscious memory and past lives were literally coming up. And it was it's really crazy now because you know he doesn't remember any of it he he literally we've had this conversation with him and he's like yeah i like studied german like when i was younger but like he's not fluent in german at all and he was speaking full german to me and i was like oh i do like no comprende like i don't know what you're saying to me um that's spanish well i know that that's what i was saying to him because i don't speak german I had taken like one semester in high school and I was like, this stuff is ridiculous. I don't understand this at all. I cannot learn this language, but, um, you know, it, it it really looking back on it, it was really like a profound moment of understanding how powerful the subconscious mind is and how past lives are still in us. Like we have, we truly have amnesia. We truly have it. And I have, seen it multiple times, even like in past, you know, past life regressions, like there's a reason we can past life regress and we can like go into meditation and we can pull that if we are in the right frame of mind. Um, And, you know, and even in his, in his um, journey, you know, he went into the white light and had, you know, he hasn't told us the full story, but it was a a profound spiritual experience. Well, he, he was having, he was even talking about the devil trying to
2: take his soul. Yeah. Like, I mean, like it, it, screaming in the hospital about like things were It's not him. funny, but it's wild that, you know, yeah.
1: We, I mean, he, we could...
2: think of these things as people having, or I used to think of them like that, right. Of you're yeah. having psychosis or something, but I actually think these things
1: do happen. Well, and it was a level, it was a level of psychosis that he was experiencing because so, I mean, even the doctors were like, Oh no, it's a stroke. And I'm like, no, does any, like, no, his body is like going through a profound detox. I mean, he's been suppressing Mm -hmm. all of this stuff for years and years and years. And now his body is actually medically coming. I mean, like they had to use a lot of drugs to actually get his body to detox off of alcohol. Um, you know, safely because he probably would have died. Had there not been medical intervention, he would have died. Like bottom line, he would not be with us today. Um, but even, even in the times when, because he did have to do some time on life support and he was in a medically induced coma, like when they would bring him out, he had no idea where he was. He was like, it was, it was like a newborn baby. Like he was just completely like, why am I here? What is happening? Aggressive, angry, angry, you know, these, these things that you're just like, wow, like the psyche is a powerful thing. And when you're in a, you know, you've suppressed it or you haven't dealt with something, it can really start to show, especially in medical situations that, you know, holy cow, you're no longer pushing that stuff down anymore. Um, But yeah, now he's, he's, uh, he's very, he actually is one of the very, very few that actually went through what he went through and has no side effects. Um, He had a really small, like little water pocket, like on his heart, but they just dissolved out, but no cirrhosis of the liver, no brain damage, like absolutely nothing um, in his experience of getting sober. And, and we, um, he just celebrated nine years of sobriety and yeah, he's he, he definitely had a spiritual, a spiritual experience in well, his sobriety. And that's why we believe you cannot get
2: sober without having an, a spiritual awakening. And that's actually, will come up later as to why we ended up doing what we're doing, because when you see alcoholics or any kind of drug addict go into rehab, rehab, rehab they're but they haven't had a spiritual awakening, they always go back. Um, and even in astrology and stuff like that, it's, addiction in a chart is the absence of God. You either have God or you don't. And if you don't have God, then you collapse into addiction. If you do, then you're in your spiritual service and in your soul's form of like why it came. Uh, and that's, was our, our dad, like he never drank again. And you, he's said that over and over again, he's met other people that have seen the white light and come back. They never have addiction again. Um, or at least not that particular addiction, I think Most humans have one sort or another. Oblivion, everybody needs a little bit of oblivion. Uh, So that happened and, you know, we were like, whoa, okay. So that all just changed. And then um, I was a yoga teacher at the time. And then I went and became a private flight attendant and I met the love of my life. Um, And it was a really great relationship um, until again, there was another layer of my soul that needed to be revealed. Right. And so often relationships and love does that. I fell in love and, uh, you know, when we, it was on a tour and when we came off of the tour, uh, you know, being separated, I had so many abandonment problems and so many issues around my own identity and who I was that I just collapsed and it caused you know, both of us to kind of self-destruct and it was essentially the beginning of my dark night of the soul where I really had to go within. Uh, and it was wild because I remember when I found out, you know, that we were pretty much done. My, I called my mom thinking I was dying. Like I told her I was in Switzerland. I was like, I'm dying. And she's like, no, your heart's breaking. And I was like, that's a thing. Like, that's a real thing. And she's like, yeah, I mean, it it was such deep heartache and pain. Like I couldn't get, I couldn't catch my breath. I remember just like laying in the bed and I don't even have panic attacks and things. And I couldn't breathe and I couldn't And my, my heart chakra just hurt. And it, it almost like wish for death in those moments. Of course, you know, you're just like, I didn't even know. I, I never understood pain like that. Uh, and it, it
1: just, it,
2: broke me. I was on so much of my soul's work had already come into my life. I was already working in the masculine and the feminine. We were already doing so many things. And then that just broke me. I was like, I don't believe in any of this. I turned um, very hateful and very just like, why did this happen to me? Uh, Angry towards him, angry towards myself, and then (laughs) spent six years having to basically come back to all of the things I had already had in my life. Um, and he was showing me my own darkness. I think we have to face our own darkness in order to find our light. And it was, I scared myself with how much darkness was in me. Um, and having to see that and see what I'm capable of, but then also to walk through all of that and come to the other side and realize, uh, wow, like what are you you're you're capable of so much now think of if you push that into light work into good work uh and so much of the work that I stopped doing is a part of this company uh you know I flew around I was a flight attendant for six years saw the world loved it but something was always missing and I started seeking you know Dimensions and healers and Akashic record readers, and all of these things. I was like, I could never sever the connection between that man and I. I've dated lots of men and all of these things, but that one human was just like, what is this? Like, why is this? It was like, and, and, and you know, a few of us have had relationships like that where it's, it, they feel like a part of your soul. Uh, and no matter, you know, we weren't, we, we never talked again. Um, still to this day have not talked and it's like, but he was so pivotal to my awakening and, you know, love is like that. I had a woman tell me once that, you know, the people that come into our lives and stay love us, but think about how much deeper the love is when somebody comes into your life and changes your life forever and puts you on your soul path to recognizing who and what you are. And I remember that just being when that when I really understood what she was saying to me, it hit me so deep. It was like, "Oh my gosh, even the people that hurt us love us." Uh, you know, we and again, I I believe we choose all of this. Um, but that's what really ignited me into realizing that you know, we're so much more than this and religion kind of talks about it, but it can't really explain it. And it's your entire journey. Everything that happens is putting it. It's all of the stepping stones that you need to be where you're at today. And we just had a dog pass yesterday that, um, her name is, her name was Rasta and we named her because, the Rastafarians smoke weed to be closer to God. So they use plant medicine. And when, when I came up with the name, I, I've never liked drugs at all. I was never a druggie, but I just loved that. I was like, wow, that's such a different way. Cause I studied religion, such a different way of looking at things like, wow, that you can do this thing and it's closer to God. So we named her Rasta and that was 14 years ago. Before our dad got sober, before any of this even took place, but she was one of the breadcrumbs. Uh and you know, your your journey just gets more and more wild. And I'll let you talk about Rasta. Rasta. I feel like I'm talking a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Rasta was a breadcrumb. I mean, she I was a I was a profound pothead. Megan was not. I I smoked weed since the time I was like, I think the first time I remember I was like 14. Um, I started smoking weed, but I, 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 always just like used it to party and used it to have fun with my friends and to, you know, I don't even know why I used it. Cause it was a good time. I don't know. You know? And, uh, I didn't even realize like I was using a plant medicine. Like I don't even like looking back on it. I was like, Oh, that's a plant medicine. Wow. People use this for healing. I use this to get high and escape from life because, um, you know, my, my childhood was it was aggressive, and I didn't have tools, and I um I really like to check out, and so Rasa like, yeah, Rasa brought a lot into our lives because she just showed us a lot of things. Not only was she like this profound protector, but she also like left all these bread breadcrumbs. So it was like so cool to like look back over the last fourteen years of our life with her, and to be like, wow, she was there for so much, but she taught us so much. She was like our surrogate mom in dog form. Like she would literally school us if like we came home drunk in college, like we would get schooled. Um, but it's, it's, you know, leading up to what we do now, you know, it's like really been the last 10 years of our lives, you know, starting from Alanon, on, getting these tools, these breadcrumbs, you know, so often, you know, people, people don't look at what is in front of them because they're so worried about what's next. And I, I think that I'm very guilty of that because I didn't realize it until I started really doing the work that I had a lot of tools already within me that I had already picked up along the way, whether they were mentors or they were, you know, bread breadcrumbs, I guess, or the universe whispering things to us, you know, because it's it's so often we're stuck on social media scrolling or we're, you know, we're not present. And when we become present, I think is really when we come to realize what our purpose is and we start to really find and realize like, wow, it's all around us. We just have to be willing and and willing to step into it. And, you know, Rasta, you know, hats off to her because she's was a huge part of being present because animals remind us like be present, like you are here right now. And I will never forget the day. Um, I had lost my job during COVID and I was out in California for seven years and I called my mom and I was like, I'm moving back. I lost my job. Like, please take me. And she was like, yes, of course. Um, But I'll never forget when I got home because I had driven back from California, back to Colorado and I got home and I'll never forget that dog. And it was like, thinking back on it, like you're here. Like I'm so excited in the last like three years of being able to spend with her and all of the lessons that I even look at now of just like her her ability to teach us without words was just so profound and, in being in that and really realizing like mother earth gives us, and I mean, Gaia spirit, they give us so many things. We just have to be willing to listen to them and animals are a huge part of that journey, but we just have to be willing to listen and be there for it.
0: Yeah. it's And, and wild. plants too, right? Like, yes to yes, to bring it back to what you do but like i yes, i could not agree more that literally everything in the so i have a distinction mentally this is just my own way of understanding everything's my paradigm but i perceive an organic matrix that i call the holographic dream projection and it's this mm-hmm. beautiful natural world that we in and and it is so it's like the you know the divine matter mother yes. and And she's like fertilized by the cosmic mind of the divine father. And it just creates all of this beautiful place that we are and we're the divine child. And then there's this horrible false matrix of lies and illusions and like dark entities siphoning off of us basically. And I I think that everything in this organic realm, like every single need that we have is actually provided for before we even... aware that we have a need. That is the reality. It's like literally being in the womb of the most benevolent, like healed, whole, complete mother, like we're just passively receiving it, but we have been convinced that we are imprisoned and we are powerless and we are victims and that we don't have enough. And there's not enough going, like there's not enough food. There's not enough water. There's not, I don't know, like whatever, all the nonsense things we've been convinced about scarcity. And, and one of the keys to being able to switch out of that scarcity, false matrix perspective and into the organic holographic matrix is presence, deep presence. And it's fucking hard because we're so programmed (laughs) to be like everywhere, scattered all over the place, distracted all the time. And I do believe like animals and plants invite us back into the stillness of the now moment, which wherein like when you're truly dialed in, like everything you need blooms forth from there. It's it's all there.
1: Well, and Amy, that's such a good point because, you know, we, in our program, we work a lot in emotional versus rational because emotional is the programming. And so many people don't even understand they're in it until we start actually breaking it down for them. And they're like, holy shit, I have been addicted to my phone. I have been addicted to what they've told me on the Freaking television that, you know, and they're addicted to this like hard, aggressive, like, I mean, it's literally, you know, in the words of Dr. Joe, it's matter on matter. And when you start to pull them out and start to to show them the actual rational way of living is actually, it's not even detaching. It's understanding like what your nervous system is telling you, because it is being connected to that present moment of like, I am here. I am right now. I have choices. Mm-hmm. I'm not a victim. I have choices. And so often, you know, I, and I've totally been guilty of it like turning on the TV and being like freaked the fuck out because it's like the current state of things right now is anyone to put, I mean, it can push anybody over the threshold. I mean, the suicide rate alone right now because shit, you turn social media on and it is scary. But if you choose to believe it, it's scary. But if you choose not to and you choose to go into self and be present and be here. It's not scary because at the end of the day, we know it's just a programmed, it's programming and it, we're, it's no different than a hard drive and a computer, right? Mm-hmm. But it's
2: it's also just, um, you know, plants are here to teach us just like animals are. And we're, you know, without the plant medicine that I've come across, you know, mushrooms and ayahuasca and things like that, it just confirmed what I already knew. Like there was, it didn't tell me anything I didn't know. I just didn't believe love. I believed in scarcity and lack and fear. And it's all a fallacy. It wasn't until I experienced love and it was, you know, the programming was so deep in us and the trauma that it took microdosing and macrodosing and, you know, ayahuasca to really break a lot of those boundaries. But then (laughs) it was meditation. And when I surrendered into the unknown and when I, and it was me trying, uh, we were at a Dr. Joe retreat is when I actually crossed the threshold and, um,
0: do you mean Dr. Joe Dispenza? Is that who you mean? Yes.
2: Dr. Joe Dispenza. Sorry. (laughs) I'm like, so naturally to say Dr. Joe, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza. We were at a retreat of his and we were doing a healing and I didn't make it about me. I wanted so badly to help the people that were in pain that I surrendered everything into the white light. And it was like, I turned in my mind, right. Or whatever was happening. I turned into light and it was like, I was so happy about it. And uh, it, it it's when we get outside of ourselves and we truly feel what love is like, love is the answer to everything. And you know, Rasta even yesterday, cause it's so normal to question things. And when she was passing, you know, it was so beautiful too, but she knew of course, cause our animals are smarter than us and they don't question things like we do. We also communicate with our animals. <laughs> we talk to them, we have um, conversations with them when she crossed, you know, like her soul passed through me and it sent me straight into that white light. I mean, I hold body shakes. Dr. Joe Dispenza calls it body electric. It's when every soul goes into, or every soul, every cell goes into coherence at once in the body. And often you start like shaking, uh, and it's, I get really hot and there's all these things that go on, but I'd never had a soul cross through me like that. And it was just, I was like, wow, all of it's real, you know? And, and I felt that at Dr. Joe when I was the healings and things like that to feel energy is one thing, but to have it actually pass through you is, I will never question anything ever again. And it's like on the, on that scope, it was, you were so much more than here. And all of that, just when we really, and it's love, like her love for us, her, you know, like she, When you step into love, there's nothing that we don't have. And -hmm. that's what's so profound about it all is, is that people are so afraid of love and they run from love and it's like, cause it hurts and it's painful. And, you know, watching Rasta yesterday, and it was funny because I just wrote a letter to that you know, the man from seven years ago to make amends for what happened. I just did that. I was just ready to do that seven years later. And I said like to, in that letter, I never want to feel pain like that ever again. And I fought it. And that's why I ran from it. Cause I collapsed into fear and scarcity because I stopped believing in love because, you know, I didn't think he loved me or the way that I needed him to or whatever. Right. Um, and yesterday I felt that pain and it was like, That's how, you know, it's real. The thing is, is like, it's not even bad. It's good to feel things and to let it be a part of your experience here. And we fight it so hard, but it's in the fear of, of not having that thing that they, it controls your being, your mind, everything. Mm. If you just surrender into the frequency of love, it's exactly what you were saying. We have everything that we need and love just expands It never retracts. Totally. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And there's just more love. And even if there's love leaving you, it's like, it's still there. Love is an unbreakable force. You can't unlove something. When you've loved something, even if it turns to hate, hate is still love. Just like, you know, grief is joy unexpressed. It's like we live in this world where we think it's all black and white, but it's really all interconnected. And, you know, we, I just encourage people to not make the mistakes that the humans have before us of thinking that it's something to run from because it has all the answers, all the answers that we seek outside of ourselves are within us. And it's just learning to accept love and be a part of the oneness because love is what connects all of us. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's just such a... I get more and more, I fall more and more in love with life every day, even with the pain because pain is inevitable, but suffering, I do believe is a choice. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you stop suffering, like you're choosing to suffer. It's like, you know, today, even yesterday, we're like, are we going to be able to work tomorrow and this and that? And it's like, of course life goes on. Like you can't you know, you can feel it and you can miss her. And it, it it's totally fine to have those human experiences. But then when you step back in, it's like, she's in my heart. Like she's always there. Love never goes away there. You can't just delete it.
0: No, it's um, so true. It's so, it's so true. And it's, but until that is the gift of death in my opinion. And all, all my listeners, I'm pretty sure all know. I don't know. I get not, lots of new listeners these days because everybody's awakening. Um, but love it. most of my listeners know about um, me letting go of my son Killian, but that was that. I mean, he gave me like a hundred thousand gifts. I, I await, I realize new gifts from him daily all the time. I'm like, Like, is it possible that a soul can be this generous? And of course it is because that is love. Love is that generous, but the, the gift of death or the gift of experiencing your worst nightmare, which that was the loss of a child was my worst, my worst fear, the gift of both of those things. If you can surrender into it, like in the, in the balance, right? We do all, we all have those moments where we resist it and we do struggle against it because it is so intensely painful, but on the whole, if we can surrender into it and soften and just let it flow through us, it completely dissolves like layers and layers of that fear programming that holds us hostage because we're so afraid of the The anticipated pain that we won't be able to handle it, that we'll just die, that, you know, all that stuff. And when we go through it on the other side, we realize, okay, that was super hard and it was so intensely painful. And I'm still here and I'm expanded. Wow. (laughs) So I don't actually have to be afraid of life anymore. Even though, again, we'll come up to a new layer of programming about something else and whatever, because it's an ever unfolding journey but it's very, very liberating to, to have that experience. And I think it's so beautiful that your dog was like your surrogate mom, that she was like, okay, I'm going to give you guys, you know, the, the grounded, stable love that you really needed. Um, and, and just sort of hold that frequency for you while your human parents are working their shit out.
1: For real. Well, and you know, Amy, you said that you were just talking about, you know, like both of you, the, the thing with like love and fear, right. is like, that's what psychedelics are bringing to the world right now of people being able to have these experiment experiences in like a really safe space. Like they can experience this. Um, I hate that everyone calls it an ego death. I like, I just, I don't know why we don't want the ego to die. I don't know why everyone is so obsessed with it right now. Like, I'm just like, every time someone asks me, I'm like, why do you want to kill ego? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, then why are you trying to do it? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, let's not do that because we need the ego. Um, But you know, in these psychedelic experiences, like that's the beautiful thing that plant medicine offers us the ability to love the ability to remove layers, the ability to see self beyond all of like the bullshit that we've been told that we're supposed to be. And, you know, that's this beautiful movement that's happening. And like people are waking up because. The program is breaking. The fear is dropping. The love vibration is being birthed onto this planet, Mm. but we couldn't do it without the rise of plant medicine because plants are our allies. And we, we let the government and we've let all of these people, you know, higher power, uh, you know, these don't even get me started on that, but they, you know, they, they put it into us and we were talking about this the other day, you know, like I have this vintage dare shirt and I love wearing it now because of what I do, because I'm just like, this actually isn't going to kill you. I promise. Now, if you do a whole bunch of them that are probably synthetics, like with bad intention, you're probably going to die. Like that's just facts, you know, but You know, it's so much about, and I have this theory of like the people that don't trust the people that don't surrender and the people that don't know love, they usually have a bad experience in their, in their journey with plant medicine because they don't, they have to be shown how to surrender. They have to be shown what fear is. They have to experience this on a, a more profound level because that's what the, that's what the plant allies do. They teach us or fungi allies. They help us see
2: well, and it's, you know, as a yoga teacher, there was one of my mentors was named Emmy Cleves, and she actually just passed late last year or early this year, she died in January. but she, she said in our training, you know, pain is a gift that nobody wants, but it's a pain, but it's a gift nonetheless, never mistake it. Don't, don't ever be mistaken. It is a gift. Mm-hmm. And I have watched in the last 11 years in my yoga rooms, like people don't want to be in pain. And I, they're like. Oh, no pain, you know, teachers all the time. If you feel pain back off, if you feel pain back off. And I always counter that. I'm like, no, no good pain and no bad pain because there's a difference, Mm -hmm. you know, and but it's knowing your body. It's knowing yourself. There is good pain. It's like, does it hurt like heck to open your hamstrings? Oh yeah. No, it sucks, but it's good pain. It's opening you pain is our greatest teacher because it means that there's change needed. It's a guide if you use it correctly, but we've been taught in our society to avoid pain, to be comfortable all the time, to be at homeost- you know homeostasis all the time. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, how are you supposed to grow? If you don't know how to grow, where to grow, when to grow, like that's pain. And it, it's so funny because I rejected that when she first said it and it took me about 10 years to figure it out. And I was like, Wow. I, I, I'm learning through my body, what good and bad pain is. I'm learning through my soul, you know, that pain, if you don't reject the pain and it's kind of what you're saying, you open to it, like ask it, you know, what are you here to teach me? What do I need to learn? What am I not seeing? That's making me struggle or be in pain or suffer or whatever it is. And when you relax into it, it actually expands you. But when you fight it, You know, as below, so above, if you fight that pain and you go rigid, because so many of us don't know how to be fluid in our femininity and relax and just be, you know, we've shut down the divine feminine. And that's that like patient grace of just expansion, right? Feminine rules the ethers. We rule the universe. We get so bogged down into the masculine of accomplishment and rigidness. And because men are basically where the masculine is the physical plane, it rules stuff. Uh, And when we really drop into that feminine knowing and we allow things to expand us, it just is, it's unbelievable what happens. It is just your wildest dreams. Couldn't even fathom what we are capable of feeling, seeing, doing. Uh, You can do the impossible. You are a co-creator with the universe. And when you're communicating correctly with the universe in the vibration of love uh you you will be absolutely delighted with what happens in your life and nicole and i are proof of that you know we've alchemized our pain and suffering into something that we're trying to help other people see is their gift your suffering and your pain are your gifts your darkness is your gift the only people that ever collapse into darkness are the ones that are afraid of their own darkness when it's actually the strength that we pull from to find our light and, you know, to be on the other side of it. And I, I still, you know, my darkness still has moments.
1: Um, I was going to say, we're still optimizing. Yeah. It, it never stops. <laughs> it, it never it stops.
2: stops, but you become more aware and you become better at recognizing like, that's my humanness. And who do I want to be today? And what do, what do I want to choose? And you learn to make better choices and you learn to always come at things in the frequency of love that expands you, not fear that retracts you. And then the world, like that's how we dissolve trauma. I believe as we move into the fifth dimension, like We're dissolving all of this pain and suffering because we're recognizing it and loving it. We're not, we're not in shame or guilt or blame or hate or sadness. It's just kind of like, wow, look what that taught me. You're, you're, you're looking at things completely differently than any human. No, I shouldn't say any human. Most humans have before us. Um, I think ancient people had a lot more figured out than we do, but we're coming back into that knowing And it's all from within in that connection to the soul. And, you know, we believe that women have yin bodies and yang souls. And the goal is to connect that feminine to the masculine and the masculine to the feminine. And the divinity of both help the consciousness rise. It's not this society. You know, there's a reason that they're pitting the masculine against the feminine, even in our mass media and stuff. If people aren't seeing through that and realizing like this is the way through it is actually the, you know, the union of the soul and the union of the mass consciousness, uh, and the understanding of that, that we're all in this together and there isn't really other, uh, is when all of this, and it, you're right. You're getting new followers every day. Cause more and more people are waking up and they're just like, what is happening? <laughs> like they're very confused. <laughs> what is going on? Because I remember they're like Neo
1: when he first comes out of a womb exactly. in the Matrix. Like, what in the fuck is happening?
2: <laughs> oh, the material plane. Like, they use all these What? I've been eating us. poison. Uh, exactly.
0: A it's <laughs> yeah. a rude, I've been calling it a rude awakening. It feels it's, right now, like, oh uh, my God, 2023. Oh, in last summer, I started to feel the energy of it coming. And I was like, I don't want it to be here. Like I could just feel this. And then in January, February, it was like, Oh, you're just going to get a little freebie moment to like really decide what seed you want to plant for the year. And then March, bam, you're in it motherfuckers. And you're going to be woken up. It's on schedule. The sun flares say so. And you, you know, and it's like, And it it feels like a rude awakening. It feels like exactly. I've been eating poison. I've been lied to. I've been, you know, it's like the realization that it was never supposed to be this way here. I firmly believe that in the Akashic records, I see this like time that we're moving back to that. We came from that. Mm -hmm. What like the original blueprint is what I call it. It was never supposed to be like this. Your, you were not the, I mean, I believe you two chose the parents that you came to, but humans are not supposed to be born to parents that are so traumatized and carry multi-generational layers of trauma in their cells, in their DNA matrix and their hologram. That's not supposed to be like this. We are not supposed to experience this depth of pain. And that's why I think we don't want to do it. And we're angry about it. However, there is no other way out.
1: Right. Well, And that's the the rise of the epigenetics. I mean, we have choice now to change our DNA. We have choice to shift it. We have choice to identify it. We have choice to move it through Mm -hmm. and be done with it. Right. Like we, we see like right now, I just feel like there's just such a shift, even with the babies coming in, like the new babies, like, holy shit. They're like, I mean, we just had a girlfriend have a baby. That baby is like a little, like, the way it came into the world, like so easy, so chill. I'm like, dude, this baby is like, gets it. Like, we don't get it. This little human gets it. Like, it's not even five days old and it is already, it's already transmuting so much more love than what is currently at the state of things. And I feel that that is happening on molt. I mean, obviously this is the only child I've been exposed to. It's like recently been birth, but, um, you can feel the energy shifting. You can feel it Mm -hmm. with the people waking up. You can feel that people are no longer scared to talk about it. And, you know, in COVID, you know, they were so worried about the control, but they forgot about all of the ones that were wakening up. And now they're like, oh fuck. But they woke people up. We woke up a whole bunch of people and we didn't mean to do that. And like, oh shit. And now we're like waking up in these drones of people of just like the consciousness is shifting so fast. And it's like, you either get on board or you get out. Like that's where we're at right now. Like we need you to like step in and you're seeing it with people. You know, we have people come to us all the time. They're like, I'm my body's sick. My, my mind is sick. My gut is sick. And we're like, you got a choice. You either step in and wake up or you like, you might succumb to this, because that's what we need right now. We need you, we need people, we need warriors. We need warrior souls willing to step into this game.
2: Well, and it'd be interesting to see what you think of this because I was in meditation the other night and crazy things happened. So <laughs> welcome to like my life. But um uh Lord Shiva actually showed up. Man, that thing is huge. And they said, cause it's, I don't, it's not male or female. I don't know. It's masculine It's
1: androgynous,
2: but you know, it said like the gods have ascended for the first time in thousands of years. Like they're actually here in physical form in another dimension. And I was like, huh? And they're like the souls that are important. If they don't wake up, they're going to die. Like the people that need to come online, like it. They, so it's funny that you said it in April. Cause like things that are happening in other dimensions and the work that's being done, not just by humans, but by all of these gods and things that ancient civilizations have talked about that I never really, I thought that they were beautiful stories, but it's, it's all real. Like all of it's real. And when you get into them, I can actually see them sometimes, um, and hear them. And it's like, oh, this isn't a game. Like, this is like, whoa, okay. Like, this is getting real now. This is so wild. And I'm like, I'm glad that I'm on their team. Like, it's, they're actually, you know, Kali, all of that is here. And I had seen it kind of in my ayahuasca ceremony, but to actually witness it in meditation, you know, and they're they're trying to really just shake things up. So we're going to see more and more destruction, more and more like, suffering because they've got to get the souls that are have the potential of waking up to and I believe every soul kind of well actually I really don't understand how that that's so far beyond my mental capacity I hope that every soul has the capacity to wake up but what they were (laughs) doing in those dimensions is like just shaking people and stuff and I'm like this is
1: wild well it makes makes sense though though, if there's ascended masters because like the plus the Pleiadians are supposed to be like in Mount Shasta and like, you know, there's, there's like these different, it reminds me of Lord of the Rings. When I start reading about all this, right. It's like, okay, we've got our ancient Indian gods, right. We have our Greek gods, but we have like, it's literally like Lord of the Rings, like with all come together and like raise the vibration of the earth, even if they can't be seen. That's how I feel like the best way to describe it is because there's so many ancient, there's so much ancient, ancient wisdom and earth is like so amazing. Like, yeah, we like take for granted how amazing it is to have this like soul experience on this planet. Like, I think so often we get caught up in like, oh my God, the ice caps are melting and oh my God, the, you know, like all this like chaos of like, you've got to drive an electric car and like <laughs> gas is bad. And, um, but like, we forget that like the earth's energy is at homeostasis and like all of these beings choose to actually be on earth because earth's energy is so divine but don't you
2: think that's a distraction just because if people actually tapped into all of this stuff oh, yeah yeah they wake up i mean again i like come out of meditation i'm like what is happening like what is real like what is going on like there, there's so much in my day-to-day life when i'm not like seeing things that i'm like uh i hope all this is just like you start to be able to see that in your day-to-day life because it's just uh it's the regular world is starting to get just so. I I don't even Thanks. get worked up about stuff because yes. it's, it's like if you really knew what was going on, like you wouldn't be afraid. <laughs> nothing to be afraid of. Like, yeah, it's, it's totally.
0: Yeah, I I totally perceive that. That like all of, all of the narratives. I even feel like in the truther community, I don't, I'm not saying that people are deliberately lying in the mainstream community. Definitely people are deliberately lying <laughs> in the truther community. There's probably some, but I think yeah. a lot of them are just like, they're at a, an awakening level where, and maybe it's a soul, um, like a soul mission thing too, where it's very urgent for them to share kind of loudly and continuously, like, you know, these, alternative narratives so that people even understand that there's, there is that much of an option.
1: Right. But I feel
0: like all of it's a fucking distraction. All of it is a total distraction. Even a lot of the spiritual shit that you see on like Instagram and YouTube and whatever, pick a card, tarot readings, distraction, moon manifestation shit, distraction. Like I just feel like, and everybody is free to do whatever vibes with them at any given time. Totally. But I, to me, it feels like no, the power is in you. The power yeah, is yes, in you 100%. No, and the thing that is brought to your doorstep that you feel is aligned for you right now, that is not a distraction, it's real. So for instance, somebody listening to this podcast episode who's like vibing with both of you so hard and they're like, what is this microdosing shit? I need to like I need to explore this more deeply. That is for them. That yes. that's not a distraction. That is their cookie crumb of like go in this direction. So it's not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but it's just like the path is getting narrower and narrower for all of us. And we have to be so discerning and so willing to just in from a place of neutrality as much as possible, just close out that which is not actually for us. Let it let other people be on their journey and be on our own journeys and understand that that is not abandoning other people. Cause we'll always have people we're supposed to connect with. We're supposed to help. We're supposed to be helped by, we're supposed to have like terrible sort of like soulmate twin flame heartbreak experiences with that mirror back to us, all of our shit, you know, like that's always going to happen. So it's not a selfishness thing. It's just like, how do we become totally in alignment with this ascension expansion and awakening process that's happening by becoming very discerning and efficient in our energy and only choosing that, which vibes as like real and authentic for us at any given time.
1: Well, and I think that's so important to touch on because I think so often, you know, Megan, and I have a running joke and this, you know, might resonate with you because in the spiritual community, there's plenty of light and love Sally's. And there's pretty, or what do we call her? Light,
2: light and love, Lewis. Light and love, Lewis is Sally.
1: Spiritual Sallys because they hide behind spiritualism. We run into them all the time, and they're always trying to sell you something, or they're trying to convince you of this, or like they're trying to tell you they can wake you up, and you're just like, get away from me. Like what is happening? Like now, some people may totally resonate with that because it doesn't vibe with them, but it's almost like. It like for me, and I can only speak from my experience, it like my soul rejects it. I'm like, whoa, 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 time out. Like, where are you getting this information? What journey have you gone on? You know? And so often, you know, it's, it's spiritualism can be very much hidden behind just like church, just yes. like anything else, you know, mm-hmm. and it can be an addiction as well. Um, but it, it, it is so important for people to actually listen to their souls because, or their self and that feeling of like, does this align with me? am I called to this? Like, should I step into this and work with this person versus this other person? Um, because so often those people aren't working with like the best intention to help others because it's, um, it's easy and it's, it's hard to tell the difference if you're not in touch with your soul, I think.
2: Well, it's funny that you said the moon thing. Cause like, I, I'm a an <laughs> astrologist and I've never got on board with that. I think that's, the stars like mirror back to us things, but I don't think it's like, oh my God, you're an Aries. You have a sentence. Like, no, you actually evolve out of your chart. Like your right. chart has a lot of lessons, but, you know, eventually you master those and your soul can evolve into whatever it wishes. Like, it's not a sentence. Um, it
1: was like yesterday that lady was- <laughs> We had but this like, lady identify. She was like, I'm a Libra and I'm masculine. And we were like, oh. Which is a masculine sign, which no, it's not. It's babies, oh, but we were like, just, I mean, like, she okay. like so hardcore identified with this like astrological sign. And I was like, oh, okay. Like you, that's awesome. Like good for you. But like, did you fact check yourself? Like, did you ask yeah. other people? Like, have you sought outside of just one opinion? But the, two. the
2: thing is, is this, and this is what I've always struggled with, with manifesting or any of that if the timing of your soul is not correct, like if Nicole and I would have tried to start this company in 2016, the timing wouldn't have been right. It wouldn't have mattered if I tried to manifest it. I wasn't ready and the timing wasn't ready. So there is manifesting things. Like again, I don't believe suffering is a thing. Money is a frequency. It's an energy, but there's also a lot of souls that have a lot to learn around money. So, you know, it's, it's just, Manifesting is about being in soul alignment. It's not about trying to like, oh, you know what I want is a football player husband that's super rich and just going to take care of me. That may not be in your like wheelhouse of what you're supposed to have in this life. So I really get frustrated with like manifestor coaches and this and that, because it's like, okay, like time out. Let's figure out what your soul is here for, what your purpose is. Like, let's dive deep into those things And then manifest from a place of knowing and bringing it into reality, because there's there's still things, and this is totally just my opinion on it, but there's timing. And if we try to manifest things that it's not time for, your soul hasn't learned those lessons, that other person's soul hasn't learned those lessons. If it's not in your, I don't even like the word contract, because I think it's a constrictive thing. If it's not in your bond as souls to, for it to be time yet. Uh, like I believe Nicole and I had bonds to have, you know, kids later in life because of what we we're lot of learning lessons. and we we, lot the trauma that we needed to transmute. Now I wanted to have kids really young, but it didn't happen. We both did, Right. And if I would have forced that, it wouldn't have ended well. So there's, there's a lot around soul work that I don't agree with fully. Do I think it's real? Yeah. Like we teach quantum spoon bending. I think you can manifest like bending a spoon with your mind. Like it's a real thing. If you communicate with the universe and are able to like realize how powerful the thought process is, but you know, these man, I have met so (laughs) many BS manifestation coaches and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, the mind is the most powerful thing. Thoughts become reality. But the thing is like you trying to manifest a mansion in Malibu, like you're wasting your time. That's not your purpose. That's not your soul's work. Like let's and that's what I really struggle with is it's it's basically teaching materialism. Um, most of them that I've experienced, but it, it's just, I think it's another distraction. It's another bullshit thing. That's like, that's not feeding your soul. It's just distracting it from its purpose here. It's soul work here. And there's, so, there's so many illusions and delusions and it's an you have to be aware all the time and asking your soul. That's why it's so important to have a soul connection of like, okay, is this person full of shit or not? Because it can be really hard to tell. Totally. Um. Yeah. Totally. And it's, you know, you you have to have a knowing and a connection or you are completely screwed.
1: Well, and I think Amy, you can relate to this, like, because you read the Akashic records, you know, like you and I have not been, I, just from having this conversation with you, you allow people to have the power. And that's oh, yeah. that's what we do. You know, like we we have come by so many coaches that literally just give them tidbits. So they keep coming back. And I'm like, that's no different than church that's looking outside of self. That's not helping a soul evolve. Like, you know, in our program, we want you to be done with us in 12 weeks. We don't want you to come back because we want to give you all the tools that we used. We want to help you understand what's happening in your brain. We want to give you all of what we have. And then we want you to to have the confidence and the relationship with yourself at that point to not need us. And it's, it's so often that whole seeking outside of self there's, you know, saying you put God inside of self, human will look out everywhere. Look, human will look everywhere else. Right. And it's, it's huge in the spiritual community. Like they don't want, they want to make a lot of money off of it, but they don't want to tell you that actually all of it's inside of you. You just have, sometimes you have to find a mentor to help you locate those or unlock those codes. Or, you know, there are still answers. And I do believe like, and we believe like our soul's, You know, people have codes and people have energy that we all need, right? We're like a giant puzzle piece and people come in and out of our lives to help us evolve our soul, but to to be dependent on any individual outside of ourselves is just a program that is really well-written and it's very sick.
0: Yes. I actually think that code swapping is a new economy that's emerging because all so many of us have activated codes and we're just like, please, like let me share yeah. my code. With you. <laughs> I need your codes. let's true. let's figure it out. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. And honestly, i I feel like the spiritual, oh man, it's even weird to call it an industry, but it is. Yeah, I feel industry. like the spiritual industry right now is like, that it's like sharks in the water and it's a yes. feeding frenzy. Yeah, <laughs> so a- many people are waking up and people are like, I'm going to capitalize off of this shit. And the, the issue is that no one, there is no outside authority. There is no Supreme authority. There is nobody you can go to. Certainly not me who oh, yeah, can no, no. say definitively, this yep. person is a liar and that yep. person is not right. Nobody has that. So we have to defer to our own truth and what we feel any given time. And it can be very hard to see and discern. And sometimes I think we have to fall for it. I mean, I'm like coming out of realizing that I fell for something for, you know, like 18 months um, in the last couple of years. And I'm realizing like, well, it's not because I'm stupid. It's because I had to,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, like I, I, ha- there are things that I had to experience That's through it. that perspective. And so it's okay. And giving myself grace and giving the other person grace. And also it's very strong boundaries, not doing that again, integrating right. the lesson, but also, um, I feel like one of the tricky pieces is that some people are definitely here to capitalize financially off of it. And yes. It is so important that we not make money the issue. And it's so important that we not carry on this light worker, martyr, wound, horse shit about we should just give all of our spiritual gifts away for free because I literally, I will die. I would die. I can't do it. So, you know, and I know everybody's like that, yes but some people are not directly financially capitalizing off of it, but they're siphoning energy and attention. And it all comes down to our sacral creative Energy. So Mm -hmm. if somebody has got your attention and nothing is changing in your life and you're always watching their videos, you're always listening to their podcasts. And it doesn't mean that that person even is a bad person. It just means that there's probably some kind of dark, dark consciousness construct involved. I probably in within you probably within the other person probably within their audience or however it comes to you. And they're all meeting in a place where there's a dark shadow piece that wants to siphon off your creative energy and your attention so that you don't change your life and it gets to continue feeding off of you. And that's the main thing. Like it can definitely come through money and it doesn't only have to come through money.
1: Well, and I think that, you know, that's so often I was listening to a business coach the other day and he was stating, like, so the old school thinking was look at your, look at your competitor. The new school thinking is look down, stay focused and don't look at your competitor because they will siphon and pull and make you think that you're not good enough. And it was really fascinating because I was like, when I was listening to this, I was like, wow, that is like profound. Right. Because we all have that goes back to like coach sharing and that goes back to our own like stories. Like, our competitor, they have a totally different journey. They have a totally different story. They have a totally different walk in. You know, their their so contract is different, and so they have something else. They have different things to give other people. We will never be able to give what they give, and they will never be able to give what we give. And it's so often that we're always, it's, you know, back to looking outside of self of just like, Hey, stay here and stay focused and give what you know is true in self and stop Mm -hmm. looking at what everyone else is doing. And I think a lot of people right now, especially in the spiritual community, there's a lot of copycats Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people, you know, we see it in our industry. Like these, these microdosing coaches are just, they're popping up everywhere. I mean, they're, they're all over the place, which is fine. And they, they should. Um, but we hope that they are doing it with the most pure intention and understand what, how powerful, um, these plant medicines are. They don't know. They, they
2: see dollar signs and yeah. they're going after it. And that that's the thing, right? If you're chasing money, then you're, in you're not in alignment. And that's, um, it, you know, that we got asked by the plant to, or it's Mm -hmm. not planned the fungi to, we got called and we (laughs) answered the the call. (laughs) I didn't have a, we didn't have a choice. There was no choice in it. It was like, okay, this is a, this is a calling like, and we answered and that's, that's the people that you're looking for because you cannot give anything that you do not embody. That's a code, right? And there's so many people and I know it when they start to talk because it's not even that the people that have codes know everything about something, but it's an energy that they're giving off. And when it's an exchange of you don't feel exhausted after because yes. they're, you know, we're giving and receiving in the same space. And we all know those, like I call them energy vampires and it, <sighs> I'm a projector in human design. So it's like, you really feel them. <laughs> oh gosh. I mean, I'll have to go take like a four hour nap. I've had to cut so many friendships out of my life because when I woke up and I started doing this work, I realized how many people were just siphoning off of my energy and taking things that didn't belong to them. And it was really hard. But the thing is, is those people, you don't even have to stress about them. Just let them go because a soul, not in alignment will figure it out, or they're Mm going to just continue to hit horrible walls. And that was something that we had to make peace with, which just like you know, what if somebody takes this or takes that? And I was like, it doesn't belong to me anyway. And the thing is, if they start teaching something that they don't embody or understand or understand, (laughs) the thing is, is like, they're, they're eventually going to fail because you can't, you just can't. And I believe as we move into more sacred understandings of purpose and things like that, these people will fall away because people are going to start recognizing who is in their soul work and fully in it versus, you know, the people that are just in it for money and for still very much in like the 3d material plane. And they haven't woken up yet. They're just, again, it's like a shark in water, but it is really hard. And again, we fall for it too. And I really want to believe the best in people. And I always Mm -hmm. want like, Oh my gosh, like this is amazing. And then you realize like, Oh, that's not what I thought it was. But then you know, that's such a lesson in itself. Cause you just learn to, you never want to be like that person. Uh, and well, we're,
1: we're already seeing it in the plant medicine community. We're already seeing like the fall of ketamine clinics, yeah. you know, like there's been a lot of, um, like around the great awakening and stuff like that. Like these synthetics are, they're not going to be successful because they're not an alliance. Like we're human, human is in alliance with plants, right? Like we, but the synthetic form of plants is not an alliance, right? Because it's man-made and it's not actually on the vibration in which they need it to be to help right, you know, raise these souls and help people evolve. Um, and you're starting to see them like they're being very quiet about it in the media and stuff, but they're, they're starting to fail and they're starting to, People are starting to be like, well, wait a second! Like, maybe I should look at something else." And even in the trials of synthetic psilocybin, they're they're not getting what they thought they were going to get with actually the, the, the purest <laughs> form. And I'm like, "No shit! Like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, you can't, I, you can't synthesize something and expect the same result." But I guess I mean that's the just consciousness the insanity. Yeah. Um, I'm just
0: blown that there. I didn't even know there was synthetic psilocybin. I'm like, yes, "Why? Yes. <laughs> why yes. wouldn't you just use?" psilocybin. I just
1: literally- yeah. <laughs> I, we agree. Like, I don't understand. Like we were talking, I was talking to my mom this morning, you know, we were talking about MDMA and she's like, MDMA is, and what is that exactly? I'm like, well, it's ecstasy, but it's a derivative form. It's a synthetic form of mescaline that comes from peyote, which is a cactus. So it goes through all these chemical processes and then it's blended. So MDMA is blended with a, another synthetic pharmaceutical to get these, the feeling or the, you know, euphoric experience. And I'm like, why don't people just do peyote? Like, I don't get this whole, like, because it's I the, want it's a pill fake thing. It's the pharmaceutical
2: companies. Right. They There's want like, to get, they want to make money off of it. And that's why we're going to see the pharmaceuticals fail because water, darkness. we're looking at them water. and we're like, all do, right. do, 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 do. like we're calling people's bullshit. Like I, we've all been a part of the Western medicine BS. I mean, our, you know, I won't get too into jabs or things like that. But the thing is, is like, they're all bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like my mom and I were talking about that the other day. It's like vaccinating your child or doing any of that. None of it works. And if you actually think of it logically, it doesn't make any sense because viruses aren't alive or dead, but they haven't even ever seen one. Under an electron microscope, they've never even seen one. So we don't even know if they're real. And then they're like all these vaccines and all. I'm like, this is the greatest lie ever told. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's worse lies, but I wonder how much money they've made off of it and how much wealth they have stole from the people selling something that's not even real because you're you're still using your immune system. Like it's still the human body that they can't recreate that's doing all of this. And I don't even, I don't think vaccines ever did anything because if you start really researching them, not only does it not make sense, but it's also
1: just like, Oh my gosh! But it's no different than selling fake cheese. It's all just they sell fake cheese in the grocery store and call it cheese. Yeah, it's like petroleum-based poison. So process. It literally says on a block of Velveeta, not cheese. Yet people still buy it and make it and use it as cheese. Like, what is happening? And wonder why they don't
0: feel good. It infuriates me and breaks my heart all at the same time because I'm just like. And, and then I also have to like, honestly, I frequently say like my hat's off to the false matrix overlords, which I have oh, my, for oh sure. My- well what oh, they hell yeah. are, yeah. who they are, but like hats off to them because their plan is so solid.
1: It is so interesting. Same is thing. So well I want to see the blueprint. Like oh, I want to be like, so I want to be and go into complete. the room where this is, I'm actually I'm obsessed like, with How them. many like, sticky notes. Did you use to oh get here? Goodness. Cause there's a lot of sticky notes involved in this and a so lot of brilliant. things that have been moved around and shifted and like pawns and money and like it's it's so it's such a profound game of chess i want to know who came like, up with hollywood and how to like sell all of it's that amazing like the whole nonsense but i wish it, they would use it for light that's all i gotta say well that's why all that's of us why the light is here. waking up <laughs> trying to
0: but you know what but the thing is we would never like the the i think the characterizing like core fundamental difference between the light and the dark is we would never use those forms of manipulation right Because that's not what we want to do. So all we're doing is like, this is what I have to offer. It is your choice. Come on in if it resonates. If it doesn't, keep on walking. You know, I don't have to like lie to you and convince you of anything. I'm just here doing my thing. But I, it's crazy because when you really think about the exactly all their sticky notes and like the threat. You know, I'm just (laughs) like imagining. I think of like. like,
1: Hunting for a serial killer. Like, those. Right,
0: like, <laughs> have you ever seen Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes. yes. Like Charlie in his <laughs> like room with all for the his, his strings and push pins and whatever. Oh my gosh. But when you really dial into the depth of their, what they have executed here, all I come back to is like, we are so powerful.
2: Mm-hmm. We are
0: so precious. They- it's insane the amount of work they have to do to keep us like locked into a prison of our, basically our own creation. Like they just plant the seeds of our own imprisonment and then we maintain it for, for them. It's brilliant, but it's, that's how important we are Mm -hmm. It's the complete opposite of all the like horrible shame programming we've received about being um, born sinners and unworthy and, you know, unlovable, unloved, shameful, unredeemable. All of those things are fucking lies. We are the exact opposite. We're yep. beyond worthy. And that's why they have to do all this shit right. <laughs> in order to keep us down and use us to manifest what they want. They can't manifest because they cut themselves nope. off from source. <laughs> Well, no, it's
1: true. They have a severe blocked crown chakra at this point. It's so severe, and their pineal glands are calcified, and they're done. They're done. They, hey, they did <laughs> it to done. themselves. They, they did. did it to they themselves. Did. They, did. So, they did. They made a choice, well, but we they, did. We we it's choice. We all have that choice. Yep. Because again, when
2: I saw my own darkness, I was like, whoa. Right. But then I made a choice. I was like, I do not want to be this type of human. Yeah. I see it and I choose no. And that's the thing is, is like, I look at, you know, I won't name names of the people that are doing really horrible things, but they also woke us up. They're a gift. They chose darkness. And it's like, I think that that was part of their reason for being here is to be so in the darkness that the light had to penetrate through. And we, we, you know, we want a villain and we want a scapegoat. We want all these things, but they're all part of the oneness. They're all here for yes. a divine purpose and they're helping all of us. So any type of hate actually just feeds it. If we start to really see things as they are for what it is, everybody's a part of it even if they chose the wrong side. We we want to condemn them, but the thing is is like actually you did me a service. And it's what I was talking about earlier. It's like sometimes the people that cause us the most pain and suffering are the ones that actually have loved us the most. You don't know if that soul loved humanity so much that it chose to have a dark life so that it, it could wake up people by the we, millions, possibly. Mm-hmm. Like wh- how, what a gift is that to humanity versus the ones that we chose to be in the light? Like, and yeah, we may touch so many people, but the people that are actually in so much darkness are the ones that people are looking at and go, I don't want to be like that. No way. And it's making them choose into light. And, you know, I, I think that that's when I started to really look at the oneness and the mass consciousness, and it's like, you can't, it's the yin and the yang, right? Mm-hmm. You can't have one without the other. You cannot at this point in time. And would it's have such gray, a, and that would not be good. It's such a, it's such a beautiful time to be alive. Like people are so like oh my gosh. And I'm like, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like it, it is really like wading through a swamp, but it's also just like, wow, like we're watching something that generations after us are going to talk about. And, you know, maybe they reincarnated and they were a part of it. But the thing is, is like, we're on the verge of deciding where mankind goes and like, what a fight to be a part of. I wouldn't have it any other way. I I love it. It's just like, you're such an area. You're watching <laughs> you're such a warrior. Soul. You're watching so many people like step in, and it just sets my soul on fire because it's like, wow! If I can even help one person see all of this for what it is and know that they have choice, whatever they choose, I don't care. Well, not that I don't care, but I'm not attached to. uh, Then I, I have lived a beautiful life. Like it doesn't have to be this like crazy thing. It's like, we're all in this together. And if one, if we start to realize that and recognize that and all the hate goes out of the world, then the darkness leaves anyway. Like
1: Look, It's so much like they the no power. It's so much like the last two Harry Potter books, you know, like Harry Potter and all of his, you know, everyone that was behind him, right. To like face the darkness, but they all had to band together and understand that they were all one. And once they did that, their darkness was dissolved. And like, that's what's happening right now is all of the light is realizing how powerful they are in banding together and being as one. And that is such an old way because the darkness is so much about like, you're only one. It's only one, right? Like we're seeing the divide right now of like, I am selfish or like you stand on your own and there's no, there's competition instead of collaboration. And like the light is realizing, Hey, we have to co-collaborate. We have to be, you know, we have to back each other. We have to step in together. We have to be one. And it's so important because that is also like back to love. Like when you're in love with someone, like it's the power of love, right? It's not this this fight against each other. When a couple comes together, it's the fight for their relationship. It's their oneness instead of them fighting as individuals because they come together to be a whole unit. And ideally bringing back the idea of a yin yang, you know, like you have to have both energies in order to be successful, but yet the light has to understand that they are, they have to unify.
0: Mm -hmm. And, and, also like just to the point of it being a choice, like I agree completely that um, we're, the thing is we're choosing ourselves for the light. Right. And that's, that's the important part because we are all both inherently, which I think is like the, the derivative truth behind, like we are, you know, born in sin or whatever is that we, we all have both. We have that darkness and we can't be sort of like sanctimonious and maintain a blind spot about like, well, we're light workers. So we don't have that capacity for evil, but yes, we fucking do under the right circumstances. We have like, we have a dark, dark, dark side. And for some of us, that's part of our work is forgiving ourselves for the darkness that we actually did entertain. And we allowed to express through of us, but it's not, I agree. Like at a certain level, it's valuable to see, the differentiation so that we can see like, Oh, I don't need to gaslight myself. I am not just like a screw up, but there's a whole clever scheme to keep me at this level of consciousness because others are benefiting off of it. And then though we have to figure out, well, what do we do with that information? And that's the place where we leave behind the victim consciousness program. And powerfully choose to be here for the light and do really what the two of you did which is like well I went through a fucking intensely traumatic childhood I can't even like while you guys were talking I was like damn that's a lot of that is a lot of trauma to hold as a young psyche in the world that is a lot of pain and trauma to hold and you have figured out through your own process how to alchemize that. So it no longer dictates your life, but it is sort of like your life is a monument to that experience and everything that it made available to you that you powerfully
2: chose to accept. Yeah, no, it's um it's so wild to think, you know, cause because it what's, what's, what's so wild about the human psyche is that we don't know any different until we know any different. Right. So it's, (laughs) and that was something that we wouldn't talk about for the longest time. Like my father being an alcoholic or, you know, my mom having, you know, a mental break or any of those things. And it's, it's funny when I look at it now, because I'm like, all of it was the same. It's all a slow form of suicide. And when you cannot deal with feelings correctly, or you reject them, and you suffer and you let them fester, you know, it's like Ruiz talks about the wounds. We're all like festering wounds, walking around in the the four agreements. And it's, it's like, once you heal those and they become a scar, it's actually how we connect to one another. It's like, you know, we've all had this wild human experience and all of them are so different in the vastness of struggle and suffering and all of these things. But it's also just like but we survived all of that. Like, I don't even know how people survive some of the trauma that I've heard of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like how, you know, I understand why there's so much suicide and stuff like that. It's because they don't know that there's any different. Like if, if you really believe that that's what the world is like and the Mm -hmm. suffering and the pain, I get it. And it's also, it's just festering right now. And I have my beliefs of you know, why they're trying to keep babies from being born into this world. Cause the babies coming in with the love frequency mm-hmm. are eventually going to outnumber all the dark. And I'm like, they're so afraid of the children coming it's in. Definitely we're on
1: children right now.
2: Yes. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I know why, because it's, if we can hold the line, mm-hmm. if the, the people, if the light can hold the line, that's all we have to do. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to fight. We just yeah. have to hold the light and hold it high Because that's what I got told in my ayahuasca sermon. It's like, hold the line. If we can hold it, because we're in the frequency of hope right now, if there's enough love frequency that's birthed onto this plane, the darkness doesn't even stand a chance. And that's why they're trying to stop the births. because it doesn't have to be this like crazy fight or anything. It's just quite literally the babies coming in are so special. They're powerful. And that's why they're attacking, you know, because... I saw There's a, a war scene. on woman,
1: women too. Yeah.
2: I saw a study the other day that they're, they're thinking that humans are going to be immortal in the next 10 years, like scientists are going to figure it out. And I was like, well, <clears throat> oh, that's a dark agenda because if they can keep the souls here trapped that are here and just continue to use their energy and not birth any new souls... Then it would stay the same, and it's stagnant, and they're trying to control it. And I'm like, this. That's is like some that, crazy stuff, that, and like I'm that seeing it
1: where they were severing. Remember? It? Oh my gosh! Yeah, because you they, the Wheel and of they own no. the um. I don't what it's it's but it's it's so
2: wild. The darkness is so afraid. It yeah. is so scared, and I'm like, it doesn't. If we can just hold it, and be hold, you know, and be in this knowing that it's coming. That's it. Like it doesn't, that's all it has to be. And, uh, you know, the, the plants are coming up around us and helping and crystals, the crystal grids that live in the earth, like everything is uniting. And once humans are tapping into that energy, I, I mean, that they're scared to death. And I'm like, I get it because you had all this and you thought it was going to win. And then you started to implement it and it backfired. I'm like, wow, it's really true for every action. There's an equal and opposite reaction and they never account for that. Uh,
0: I think honestly that the light is equal, opposite and greater in yes, all scenarios yes, yes, to yes. the dark. And that's why that that is that space where even as we, wit- I mean, that's the thing to draw on as we witness all this chaos and turmoil to hold the line is like the light right. is always greater. It yes. is always more powerful than the dark, always.
1: Well, and, and, you know, it's, I know I say like Dumbledore, I'm bringing it back to Harry Potter, but like he says, like in the darkest of time, look for the light, yeah. you know, in the darkest of spaces. And you can't even think about like the color white. I mean, the color white is so powerful. Like you add it to anything, it dissolves out pigment. Like it's so powerful. Um, it even dissolves out black. When you add white to black, it becomes gray and you just keep adding more and more and more. It becomes, you know, that's true, but does it really work if you add black to white, but if you add black to white, it becomes gray, a lot of black for it to to add way more
0: black. I don't even know if it turns to true black.
1: It won't ever turn to true black. No. And, and that's the, Mm -hmm. that's like the power of it. Like when you actually, you know, for the people that are listening and like the science of color. It really is white. Is the most powerful color known to the human eye, um, because it, it, of what it chemically and like physiologically um, we we see with the human eye. It is the most powerful, and it's a really it's it's profound. I mean, it really is when you start thinking about it. And it, and anybody that's listening, go go try it because it's a real thing. Because I've tried
2: it. Well, I mean, you know, for those people that are afraid of the darkness, like I've witnessed it and. In- meditations and healings and things I've seen darkness leave people's bodies and it's like it, it has no power it's so wild because I I mean I'm, I'm speaking from experience because I used to be really afraid of darkness it's like oh my gosh if it, you know if it touches me like well I turn into darkness or any mm-hmm. of these things and then I actually witnessed it firsthand and had to overcome that fear and wildly enough it was like it can't touch you if you're light if it touches you it dissolves into it so actually the darkness fears the light. The light should never fear the darkness. And it was such a profound, cause I was having a panic attack. Like I was frozen in meditation and like seeing all this stuff happen. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in hell. And wow. um, it was like, it can't touch you. Cause if it does, it collapses into the light. But if you oh. touch it, you know, like same thing happens. You actually win no matter what. And I was like, oh that's why everybody's so, you know, the darkness really doesn't have power once people recognize their light, because it can't, if it even tries to touch you, it's done. Mm-hmm. It, it collapses into, um into light and it has no choice. And it's like, to actually witness that took, again, fear is such a, it's, it's such a fallacy. Like it doesn't even, it's programmed into us and we see all these things and you know, we saw it firsthand with our mother, you know, to collapse into that kind of darkness and to watch her psyche really like turn into something like that. She came out of it. She's all light now. And she's has so much more strength because she's actually faced darkness in a way that I haven't seen or heard of another person doing. I know there's people out there, but I just haven't witnessed that. And it's like, she literally lost her mind and came back and is still a warrior of the light. And it's like, but she touched like true darkness. The stuff that was going on in the room that night, like, I still have problems watching like scary movies with possessions and things because it's like that stuff is that it's it it of course doesn't look exactly like that, but it's it's that stuff comes from something. And also like e- exposing your mind to it, I don't think is the best thing. It's good to be aware of, but to actually watch that, I you know, I think there's so much in movies and things that they program into us. Um but the, it's also never too late. Someone can always be converted into the light. Um, we're still hoping. Totally.
0: Redemption get, is available. The will
1: pick the light. For <laughs> all of us. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. If you can touch somebody's soul with light, they, mm-hmm. will, they will collapse into it. Because right. the thing is, is like those souls that are dark don't know love. They don't let love in. And if you can penetrate their soul with love, and this is why Star Wars is my favorite, because Darth Vader turned to the light before he died but he collapsed into it. It's so much like my soul journey. It's like he collapsed into the dark because he was so afraid of losing love. And then love actually brought him back out of it. And at the end he was back, you know, when he was with Luke, he had transformed back into Anakin. You know, he wasn't this dark soul that was so hateful. Um, again, and we want a villain to be this terrible person, but they're just a person in fear. Well, I
1: mean, a lot of them are still like on the dark night of the soul. They just haven't like come out of it. They just stayed in the darkness, like the dark night of the soul. You get a, you get to pick like, it's a choice, like, (laughs) like, you know, but it's, And fear is strength and love is hate, you know, and light is dark. I mean, they all have to coexist for them to be anything. And when you surrender one, you step into the other. I mean, they, they literally have to coexist. You have to have both. So Mm -hmm. you have to have both.
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like this is such an amazing conversation. And so. Timely for the energies, like I, I'm pretty sure it got booked like two months ago or something like that, yeah, right? Been like we've, while, we've been yeah. waiting yeah. for this conversation, and I'm I'm just here and I'm like, this is so many of the things I've been trying to figure out how I want to say to my community anyway, like bringing forward these pieces of the conversation around like what what these times are really calling us forward into, and and like really accepting that we have power and we have a choice. And even if you choose to go back to sleep, you will not actually be able to go back to sleep and you will know it's a choice. So, you know, just know that you're going back to the light at some point or another, just do it. Um, But I would love to hear, we haven't even talked about like what what you lead people through. So would you let the listeners know how they can find you, where they can
1: find you and what kind of things you offer? Yeah. So we have two Instagram accounts. One is Zenchronicity underscore sisters. That is our business account. Um, We post all about the business. We're actually in kind of like a rebrand phase right now. We are relaunching a whole bunch of like courses we're making we're having a website revamp so that's really like our business page then we have our podcast so synchronicity underscore podcast we're currently in season two of our podcast it is all about people's journeys with psychedelic medicine not actually um not fully psychedelic medicine entirely. Um, there are going to be a few episodes about breath work, a few episodes about meditation, um, but it is still actually activating DMT in the brain. So it is still actually classified as a chemical. Um, people take it, you know, synthetically, but it's really great. It's going to be really, um, the next couple few episodes coming out. The first three were all based on psychedelic medicine and moving forward. We're kind of just everybody's story in healing, but you- how they've healed in different journeys and different paths, because we do believe that all paths lead to healing, whatever path you take. Um, and then we have a website. It's synchronicity222.com. That is also getting a facelift. We're, um, in the middle of completely rebranding it, but we're going to be putting out and launching a lot of new courses coming hopefully, um, by May 1st, we'll have a good amount put back up on the website, just In regards to people needing a basic understanding of what microdosing is, or if people choose not to use plant medicine and want an understanding of just what we do, um, like our emotional and rational emotional versus rational work, um, you know, really helping reprogramming the brain. Am I an emotional brain or am I rational? And we want to be in rational. So not working in PTSD responses in the brain. Um, you know, we're going to be launching courses like that, that just help everybody in all walks of life, but in all, um, in all points of their awakening, because so often we have recently found that a lot of people, you know, we have, we've been on this journey for quite some time, but there are a lot of people that are very new to this and this is very scary. Um, so we want to be able to touch everyone and anyone that cross our paths, whether they're working in plant medicine or not. And, um, our website is where all of that will be located currently. We have, um, we're just right now doing individual coaching. It's a 12 week intensive program that we're doing. So that's completely rewiring brain patternings with the assistance of psilocybin using, um, we use 12 different strains in our program based on, um, trauma.
2: Yeah. Anything we, else we do semantic realignment Yep. is, um, so it's, We work a lot in reprogramming what you were programmed to, because we're scripted by the time we're three into our parents scripting. And that's a pretty like crazy thing. So when people talk about the ego, it's actually your parents scripting. I believe you're born with your personality and your ego gets you out of bed in the morning and help drive whatever you came here to do. So when we talked about the ego death earlier, it wasn't really, um, that, that's what we're talking about. It's the scripting of our parents. We're 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 shedding the layers of who you know society wanted us to be, who they think that we should be. Da 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 da. And getting down into the soul, and coming back into that balancing of the masculine and the feminine, and understanding like what those energies mean and how to represent them in relationships. Because so often where humans fail is communication. Um, and I say that that's the, the skill that people have the least of it's like most people can talk out their ass, but they have no idea how to actually communicate what they're saying or trying to say, um, and most of us are in a power struggle. We don't fight for love. We fight for power and it's coming back into that. How do you fight for love? Uh, you know, we're seeing it in marriages. We're seeing it in relationships with children and parents and all of these things and, What we have come to, and again, I believe it was a gift from the mushrooms of like, when we would take the mushrooms and ask them what they wanted in the course, it came to be the 12 weeks and everything. And they're naturally androgynous and humans are naturally androgynous. And it's kind of coming back into that balancing of your own power and in doing so being able to balance the love within relationships by not having, by not feeling like you're powerless in something um, and being able to communicate lovingly and not in a, like, you know, a very trauma-driven way.
1: Emotional state. So when we talk
2: about semantic realignment, it's, you know, that's a little bit clearer than emotion and the rational. Yeah. Because people don't always understand if you're in emotional responses, then you're in a trauma cycle and it's coming out of emotions. You should be in feelings, but you feel, then you Mm -hmm. think, then you act. You don't want to feel, react, and then think later which is the patterning that most people are in. Uh, and that's that connection to the soul of really understanding like who you are, who that other person is, and then how to really have a a collaboration, a coexistence that's beautiful versus creating more trauma and more patterning in the field that, that creates more pain. Um, you know, again, we're not trying to like dissolve pain, but we're trying to make it be something that people can work through on their own, but also communicate together and help people do better and feel better in our world. Um, And again, it's been gifted to us through crazy amounts, but it has been so life-changing in my life and my ability to take responsibility and be love myself so that I may love other people. Because at the end of the day, you only know that you love yourself by the commitments and the contracts that you make with yourself and others and keep. So it's very, very important that we start to come back to what we have been programmed to think is selfish, but it's actually caring of self so that we may love ourselves and others in a healthy way. And that's what we do with our coaching. It's very in-depth. It's very, like, it's not for the faint of heart. And I tell people like, you're not ready to like really meet your soul where it's at and understand how you have suffered and how you've caused, you know, um, you know, taking, it's just taking full responsibility, full accountability, but it's some deep soul work. Uh, but we're also coming up, like Nicole said, with other programs that aren't so like,
1: some people aren't ready for the soul work and we're realizing mm-hmm. that we need to give them tidbits um, that build onto themselves. And so that's where we're currently at. So that's one big push behind, like the reworking of everything but Synchronicity's website is where you can really find everything and also like our social media like we run our social media so if people have questions or want to get a hold of us um we normally respond to dms within like what 48 hours give or take depends on who's answering them Yeah, 48 hours for her it might be a week, if a week um, we also you know we always <laughs> also we also disclaim like please don't message us and ask us for mushrooms mm-hmm. like I we don't have sources. We aren't, you know. No, we have, we sources, have sources, but, but we're like, not like we're selling. Mushrooms. We're not Instagram drug dealers. You're not like,
0: mushroom dealers. Yes, yes I, I'm, like, I'm here in the here business.
1: Yeah, it's much deeper, and um, you know, it's not hard to find if you look. But I, please don't DM us that because it's really, it's it gets old after a while.
0: <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Um, but what you're doing sounds so amazing and just so. Oh yeah. it's so needed, so needed right now. So I'm, I'm, I personally, thank you. Thank you for doing this work with people and for having, I feel like you, like your whole core family unit, like all agreed to come and do this together. And yeah. (laughs) yeah, you're all total badass light worker.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having a platform. You know, I think it's it's also so important that people have voices and, um, you know, podcasts are really, I think, a way of the future right now because people are listening and working at the same time. Although I know it's very distracting and very three-dimensional uh, podcasts are very needed and mm-hmm. people, you know, we've had so many people come to us like, Oh my God, I don't even listen to podcasts. And we heard you guys on this podcast and my friend sent it to me and I'm like, wow, like the power of this yeah. platform and having a podcast is so remarkable. So like, thank you for having, you know, this, this, this space for people to come and share and you know, it's it's a service to have for our industry and for the light that needs to be turned on. Great.
0: Thank you. Thank and you so much. So much I receive it. It's such a joy to meet the two of you. I hope that we stay in touch because I think that like oh my God, we could have talked for hours now. We definitely <laughs>
1: talk for hours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was so sure. good. And thank you, beautiful listeners. As always, uh, the links are in the show notes for you to get in touch with these um, powerful, lightworking sisters. Uh, don't hesitate. If you feel called to it, definitely go and check them out. Thank you for the powerful currency of your time and your attention here today. I love you so much, Soul Fam. And have a beautiful day or night, wherever you are. I'll catch you on the next episode.